Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc this podcast is a member of the voices of wrestling podcasting network visit voices of to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling here we go Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 27 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate if you're feeling generous and want to donate to the show. I'm George Detroit here with Paul Vosh. Paul, uh, we'll keep it quick because we have a lot to talk to <laughs> about. Might be our biggest episode ever, but you do have a good holiday. 
Ah, yeah, I had lovely holidays. Uh, just hung out with family, just drank a load of just wine, just had really great food. And now I'm like back home, just came back from the gym, just took a shower, feeling really refreshed, just had an Americano and I'm ready to record. Yeah, I had a pretty good holiday too. It was uh, pretty quiet because there was a huge snowstorm uh, right on like the 23rd. And well, it didn't shut down everything. You know, there's no point in doing anything at that time or anything like that. So it was quiet, but it was relaxing and good. And I'm ready to get back to talking about wrestling. So we'll start with uh, some really brief thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom because there's a bit of crossover with for the things that we cover here on the show. Paul, first of all, <laughs> in the Mudo Final New Japan match, after Shota Umino pinned Bushi with like a Death Rider, Mudo just got right up and bolted right out of the <laughs> ring. Yeah, he was basically like halfway down the ramp, like 10 seconds after the match, basically. And also kudos to just complete pro Hiroshi Tanahashi, who obviously knew that that was going to happen and just like basically escorted him down the ramp so that he just couldn't be like all by himself down there. Yeah, he was like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and Mudo also very clearly was like, ah, shit, I didn't think anyone <laughs> would come with me. So, yeah, just completely unprofessional trying to, you know, I mean, he took the payday, but clearly was still wasn't happy that New Japan actually wanted to you know, put over their young rising star. Yeah, I mean, but at this point, like, I mean, it's a pattern. Like, every time he loses, he, do, he does this. Well, like, also, he, do, he did it to Kiyom. Like, I feel less bad that he did it to Kiyomiya because he also did it to Nakamura and he also did it at fucking Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, and, um, well, I, looking back, Tanahashi just should have let Mudo do that moonsault. Yeah. And uh, let Mudo take the pain <laughs> that that would have caused. No, but I feel like that, like that's definitely something he's saving for the final, like final, final show. Yeah, if he's teasing it still and everything like yeah. that. Um, and so, yeah, so obviously can't have that big show without some Moodle bullshit. And then obviously Omega and Osprey. Some are calling it the greatest match of all time. I mean, I thought it was incredible. I'm not sure if I would go that high, but yes, obviously no. it yeah. lived up to the hype. Yeah, definitely. Like I think I went like four point seven. So it. did I, yeah. Yeah, like, like I re, like obviously that means I hated it. Um, but no, I, I thought it was really good. But I don't think it was actually like the best match I've seen from either man. If I'm being honest, like I thought it was amazing, but like, yeah, like it obviously didn't hit me on the same level it did some people who think this is the greatest match they've ever seen. And then uh, you know what I, and for Okada versus Jay White, I liked it. I mean, I think it got pretty good towards the end like maybe four stars yeah I, I i was actually a bit higher than that i think i was like 4.5 but i also really like okada versus jay white mm -hmm. like i think that's just a really great pairing and i think they kind of give me what i want as well so but obviously they had a bit of a tough act to follow after omega and osprey yeah for sure i thought actually i will give jay credit i thought he cut down on the stalling a, a little more at the beginning of this match compared to some of his other matches but he was wise to do that because he utterly, yeah. if he had done that, he would have completely lost the crowd. Yeah, no, because he probably just saw like the left of, like he probably saw just Osprey stumble backstage after the match, just covered in blood and was like, yeah, okay, I don't think I can do 15 minutes of stalling here. That's not going to work. Yeah. And um, we got some big announcements. Paul, actually, sorry, we don't have this in the notes, but do you have any thoughts on Mercedes Monet? Oh, Mercedes Monet. Uh... She'll be fine, but that was not a great debut. <laughs> it was uh, rough. Well, given yes, the but... number of bad debuts of 
big stars that New Japan has had, I actually not particularly concerned about it. No, 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 absolutely not. Because uh, almost, like, almost like a tradition. AJ yeah. Styles. Uh, who God, else had a yeah. bad debut? Um, who else had a I actually. Uh, I mean, there aren't that many people that commented. Like, the, I didn't like the Kenny debut either when he came yeah. out as the cleaner. Like, that was weird. Even when Jay White returned from Excursion, he was sort of just there. Yeah. No, but I think the ultimate one is still the Okada comes back from Excursion, has that absolutely terrible dog shit match with uh, Yoshihashi at Wrestle Kingdom. And then comes, like, it was considered a joke when he challenged Tanahashi after, after Wrestle Kingdom. People were laughing. Yeah. And then he beats him. <laughs> and then now we're like, 10, 12 years after that, and he's the biggest star in Japan. So, yeah, so I think long, she'll be fine. As long as Mercedes and Kyrie have a good match, it'll be fine. Yeah. No, and, and I think she, she'll, be, she'll cut better promos and everything as well. Yeah. And um, I can't remember, what match was it where like Chris Charlton was like, uh, we have reports of, a, of, a, of a, like a, some confrontation backstage. That was after whatever the LIJ match was, because basically it happened when LIJ gave the post-match oh, right. press yeah. conference. So that would have been the junior four-way? I think so, yeah. I think he actually also, like, I think he actually, like, shot his load early on that one, because I think he actually said that before the confrontation actually happened. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's not really an angle that they do in New Japan. Yeah. Uh, so probably the timing was off. Although I had... I- I had a big laugh when uh, Gino Gambino was like, what does Kenny do now? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been very funny, though. Uh, But yeah, I mean, then that obviously then led to the announcement that we're going to talk about next. Yeah. So uh, Yokohama Arena Wrestle Kingdom on January 21st is once again a Noah versus New Japan show. All we know that is that the LIJ versus uh, Congo feud is back on. And also... I'm assuming there's no Muto because technically this was his last match at Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan. Yeah. So, and we also already had the last Muta match in New Japan as well. And the Muta Bye Bye show is on the next day. And I don't think Keiji Muto wants, like, this was already the closest I think Muto has gotten yeah. from wrestling, like, matches close to each other in, like, quite and a while. He looked really rough on yeah. the Tokyo Dome compared to the um, Budokan. Yeah, so I don't think he wants to wrestle like back-to-back days. So I would assume he's like, I'm very certain he's not going to be on the show. But we're actually going to find out tomorrow. Like probably by the time you're listening, the press conference has already happened, depending on when this goes up. So I figure, yeah, but it'll be interesting because I figure like certain people like Kaido will be more protected now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would hope so. But I mean, when we're going to talk about stuff later, it might be questionable. (laughs) Yeah, so that's going to that. So uh, we can look forward to that. I, I know I had mixed feelings about the Wrestle Kingdom three third show last year. Thought Noah sort of got a raw deal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's going to happen again or not. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it is a New Japan show, like it is kind of labeled as a New Japan Noah yep. joint show, but it is at the end of the day a Noah show, like just the way. The Noah Dragon Gate shows were actually Noah shows. Yes. So, yeah, it very much kind of depends how much New Japan is willing to give Noah rather than the other way around. Well, I would say technically both companies are sort of ahead where they were a year ago, I would say overall. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
so but new japan is still bigger so i think yes. you know probably will um get to uh, dictate certain things that uh, noah fans may dislike after the i mean show. i would definitely not expect kaito to pin okada here if oh if certainly not sort of but I, my biggest fear is Congo just getting punked out. I mean, it's Congo. It's fine. <laughs> and also, I'm watching you wrestling commentators or analysts or whoever you are that are clearly haven't watched Noah in a while because I saw multiple people say that Masa Kitamiya was a member of Congo, which means you haven't watched Noah in like a year or so even more. Way, way worse than yeah, like It's like so long at this point. Yeah. Was that cage match in 2021 or 2022? That was 2021. Oh, God. <laughs> so, because we didn't cover that on the show. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, that was a year and a half ago. <laughs> God. All right. Well, you've uh, exposed yourselves. Um, so, we move on to just pro wrestling Noah on its own. Paul, uh, this show was on the 23rd. Neither of us ended up watching it, but it was the end innovation yeah. at Shinjuku Face. And um, of note... Yasutaku Yano defeated Nosawa Rongai in, with a cradle, which was cool. Yeah, so and he has then, a second win on Nosawa, second yeah. win in a row. And two title changes, Yohei and Keizi beat Atsushi Kotoge and Seki Yoshioka um, for the junior GHC junior tag titles. And Amasuka defeated Dante Leon in, God, 23-37 <laughs> to win the title. Um, I heard Yohei and Keizi versus Kotoge and Yoshioka was good. But that Amaska and Dante Leon match, just, that's way too long. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Who knows? But I, I also, we had the angle as well with uh, Ogawa and Eita. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, sort of Eita and Ogawa are buddies now. In After uh, Nosawa saved them from a Congo beatdown because that, yeah. it's, I don't know. None of it makes any sense. At, at, least, at least it gave us a great tag team, so I'm not complaining too much. But it's like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> So, yeah, that was basically just whatever is going on. Because the, the juniors were sort of calm for a while, but now it's going crazy again with the yeah. booking and the title changes and everything like that. Um, although I sympathize with getting the title off of Dante Leon as soon as possible. No, yeah, no, that, that's definitely... And you didn't want to necessarily do that at Budokan even either. No, 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 no. He's not a, he, he was on the Budokan show. He's definitely not someone that should have a title match at Budokan. No. Uh, so we move on to Noah, the new year on January 1st at the Nippon Budokan in front of 9,500 fans. And that was labeled a super no, vac uh, no vacancy full house, which makes sense because that is a very large set that they use in there. Yeah. Um, so that's got to be seen as a success. Yes, absolutely. Huge success. Now, Paul, I'm not sure how many of these 9,500 fans had been to a pro wrestling show in the last 12 months, though. Uh, that's that's definitely a lot of people that no, 12 months is probably uh, very generous because there were definitely people that haven't been okay, to a even, wrestling show in a really yeah, long even, time. Okay, so even before the pandemic, they hadn't been to a wrestling show in a while, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's because that definitely feels like people that haven't been to like, because it definitely seems like they weren't even familiar with what the restrictions on sharing are. That's right. But I think they smell the blood in the water that they're coming to an end. Yes. Also? No, I no, no, definitely, yeah. But they were definitely noticeable that certain people that were way more over than other people, and it generally tended to be the people who made their debut before the 90s were over, let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, definitely. 
Um, so we go into the show. Um, Yasutaku Yano defeated Taishi Ozawa in four minutes and one second with the Fisherman Suplex hold. A nice little opener. Mm-hmm. Ozawa continues to impress. Uh, there's not much more to say about that. No. Yeah. Um, one of the few matches the bot actually got wrong as well. Oh, yeah, I should mention oh. that. I actually had a bot preview uh, the Noah show. What was the final tally of the bots? I think the bot actually got most of it correct. He definitely got this one wrong. And then I think he also... Let me just... Oh, yeah, he also got the junior tag title match wrong as well. And um, and the main event. Not the main event. He got the GHC title match wrong as well. Because oh, he said Kano was going to win. Interesting. Or that's that still, that's not a bad little hit rate. I no, think. no, no. It was really good. And I didn't even like guide it in any way on like what it should predict. I literally just wrote include result. Yeah. And then uh, Masa Kitamiya, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura defeated Mohamed Yone, Akitoshi Saito, and Shuhei Taniguchi in 8.48 when uh, Inamura pinned Yone with the Muso. Um, you know, a Funky Express match, solid for what it was, and Inamura getting a win was to set something up. Mm-hmm. later that we'll talk about yep no, um made perfect sense yep and then ninja mac dante leon and alejandro defeated shuji kondo tadasuke and hiroki in eight minutes and 11 seconds with the Kazadora uh con hilo on uh from alejandro on hiroki um yeah i mean it was a nice little match for what it was i thought mm-hmm. ninja mac and alejandro actually were kind of hard here and were the highlights yeah no i actually would like to see those two as a team but i have a feeling we're probably going to get like a if they're sticking around, I'm probably going to get like some sort of Ninja Mac Dante Leon team, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And next up, uh, M3K, Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Mochizuki Jr. defeated Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr., Atsushi Katoge, and Seki Yoshioka in 1027s uh, with the Mugen package from Susumu on Yoshioka. This is a lot of fun. And I thought Mochizuki Jr. looked great here. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's just. Whenever you like Dragon Gate people go elsewhere, it's just always so apparent, like just how insane the working standard in that promotion is and how good their rookies are as well. Because Mochizuki Jr. is still like he he's a true rookie. Like he made his yeah, debut in like, yeah. 2022. Yeah, like I think he's been wrestling for like six months basically. It's insane. Uh, I hope I don't upset Dragon Gate fans when I say this, but when I see like Misaki and Susumu still rocking the the old like the jackets and the scooters. It definitely has like midlife crisis energy on them. Oh no no that that's fully the gimmick. That is absolutely oh, okay. the gimmick they're going for. It's literally also Masaki Mochizuki. Like his gimmick now is also that he's a helicopter dad. Oh, okay. Basically, he is like fully in like like the whole reason M3K exists is a whole nepotism organization to help his son. Like that, okay. like that's not even hidden. Like that is the actual gimmick. Okay. Well, like they I want might. they want a title where Mochizuki not like where Masaki Mochizuki knocked the guy out with a kick and then threw his kid on top of it to win the triangle. Uh, <laughs> okay, well then, it makes sense then. And then next up, uh, it was not Satoshi Kojima was X because he was already scheduled elsewhere on the card, mm-hmm. and he, so he did not pull double duty, but it was Hiroshi Hase, Kazuyuki Fujita, and Kendo Kashin and Nosawa defeating Masakatsu Funaki, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Manabu Soya, and Hajime Ohara in 16 minutes, 36 seconds when Hase pinned Ohara with the Northern Lights suplex. And yeah, we're talking about people who were getting pops that, you know, for, from before debut before like the 90s even. Well, that was Hase here who was over as hell. Yeah, 
it was crazy over like I, I was surprised like how much of a pop he got and that's that's when i got the feeling oh i know what kind of crowd this is yeah for sure and, like now i know how they drew this number um and, and also that is future ghc champion hiroshi hase to you yep <laughs> i don't well so he's been offered a deal allegedly apparently uh sounds like it uh, according to uh flagship patreon.com um but he then also had a press conference where he said i'm going to continue to be a pro wrestler <laughs> because he got some heat you know for oh now to be fair he's not the only wrestler and slash politician that's wrestling also, it's not like he hasn't done this before. Like, he had a match, like, not that long ago. Like, he, his he's last been match doing was January that. 2022. Yeah, like, 20... it's, like, it's not like he doesn't do this every once in a while where he just pops in and just has a match. I mean, he was wrestling when he was a cabinet minister. Yeah. In, like, like I have Japanese a feeling government. Now he's just a governor more. of a small prefecture. Yeah, maybe then. Like, maybe also this got a bit more, like, play because this was such a major show. Because yeah. if you look at, like, his other mat, like, they're all, like, smaller shows generally. Oh, for sure. So, like, they're all, like, Kirk and Hall shows, so they probably don't really get covered all that much in the national media. And now it's, like, a big, like, notable show at Budokan. And he pops up there. Also, like, literally, like, less than a year after taking office, or office as governor of Ishikawa province. Yeah. So that might be the reason why he got a bit more play here. But do you think he's, com- do you think he's signing the contract, though? Uh, I think he'll pro. I think in the end he'll probably just end up with a nice per appearance deal. Yeah, I don't think he even does that. Like, I think they, he. I mean, he could have stayed in wrestling and made a lot more yeah. money. Because he's basically before. been semi-retired since like 1995. Yeah. So, like, for him now, like, nearly 30 years later, at like age 61, to come back and be an active wrestler after having been a politician for this long. Like, he probably could have come back at any moment and become an active wrestler again. But now, like, I think they probably offered him really good money. And he was probably also too polite to just turn them down, like, immediately. But I think ultimately he's probably just looking at it and it's like, I can stay in this governor position maybe, like, until whenever I chose to retire or literally until the day he dies. And to give that up, even for, like, amazing money that Noah might have offered him, I don't know if he's willing to, like work a regular schedule and take like loads of bombs at this age even if well, his body is still like even if he's still looking really good for a 61 year old well that's the reason why he looks so good for a 61 year old professional wrestler because he's been wrestling sporadically for the last 28 years yeah i think i i did actually did the math uh, and he did like 134 matches in 1994 and he did like 200 something matches since then yeah so, so that's, that's the like, reason why he still looks that good Less than 10 a year. Yeah. 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 Like, and, spe- and most of those matches are also in, like, in the immediate years afterwards. Like basically since 2000, he does oh, yeah, like, a handful it was like the, of matches. The front is front loaded in all Japan. Yeah, exactly. Like he did like 20, 30 matches in like 95 and 96 and like 97. And then basically it's like one, two, three, five per year after that. Sometimes just one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. He obviously also stayed in shape. So, like, like I kind of get it, but why they would want to bring him in. But it's also, like, I don't know. It's kind of worrying for me that they even attempt to do this. Because, like, that just means they want to... Like, the Mudo thing is obviously, like, there's a, like we're, like, weeks away from this whole thing, Mudo yeah. thing and ending. And the fact that their next instinct is to bring in a Hiroshi Hase, like, 
that definitely does not bode well. Because that's just like diminishing returns. Like he obviously was crazy over here, but how many of those same people would actually buy a ticket like to a show headlined by Hiroshi Hase? Not if he's on every show or yeah, exactly. every Korokin or whatever. Yeah, and you would have to give him the title as well if you bring him in. Could you give him the national title? I don't know. Like, if I'm Hase and I'm giving up my governor position, I want, this is main, one I the, want least, the main title. This is one of the least egotistical guys in all of professional wrestling who's put over whoever has been asked of him, though. True. But still, like, again, like, that, that would, it would take me, like, even if I'm there, like, I, if I need to give up, like, a governor position... Like, it would take a lot for me to do that if I am in. Well, and if he and if he resigns, he probably will never get elected again. No, yeah, because, because he literally like, took yeah, he office just... less than a year ago, March twenty twenty two. Pieces out for a big wrestling contract. Yeah, yeah, no, uh... he's done as a politician. Like he's never getting elected to anything ever again if he does yeah. that. Uh, so yeah, um, so but anyway, the, I think the moral of the story is yeah, this is like still Noah's mindset. Yeah, and that doesn't bode well to what happens after. Even though I think there's a lot of good. Things that they've been doing recently that doesn't bode well for um, what happens once Mudo's gone. It also doesn't really show a lot of trust in Kaito as well. No. So next up, we had Jack Morris defeat Timothy Thatcher in 12 minutes and 16 seconds with a Tiger Driver. We'll get to the post-match in a second. Um, this match had very little heat. Certainly, yeah. they didn't make any noise. The clapping was polite as opposed to even just enthusiastic clapping. I thought it was pretty solid, though. Like, Thatcher worked over the arm, and then Morris made his big comeback. They tried. Yeah, I mean, the match was solid. I don't think this was... I think I've seen better from both men than Noah, though. Yeah. Like, I've, obviously, Fetch's match with Kaito was a lot better. And then I've seen a lot better matches from Jack Morris, like, in the N1 as well. But, yeah. I mean, they also only got, like, 12 minutes as well, so it's not like they could have even really... Like, they told a solid story for what they did. But, obviously, it didn't help that the crowd... I think there was also a lot of people in the crowd that just didn't have any idea who these who these two were. Absolutely. And then after the match, we got the January 1st warning. This motherfucker. <laughs> Familiar theme hit. Also, has the and, same theme. He has the same tights. Everything is no different well, the, at all. The, the theme is kind of cool. I'd keep that. But um, yeah, he came out in like the Darth Vader outfit wearing the Total Eclipse tights. It's Jake Lee, folks. And he... Still doing the point to the sky, comes in, makes Jack Morris his friend. I, they haven't even announced that they're a tag team, which sort of even makes less sense. Comes into like derail Jack Morris's push as well. It makes it even worse. Now to 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 crickets. Now I talked to three people at the show. Two of them said that it was they heard nothing, and then one person said they heard some gasps in their section. But that's not exactly you know. I made, a, I, I made a four-minute video. I made a four-minute tribute video to us dunking on Jake because I was like, well, he's going off to fucking New Japan now and we can check in on him every once in a while, but we're done with him for now. And then this fucking dipshit turns up in Noah immediately afterwards and he's the exact same. <laughs> I don't want but to there's more again. to this story that's even more hilarious. Uh, oh, first yeah. of all, uh, according to flagship Patreon story, Jake has a contract offer from Noah, but hasn't signed it because he probably still thinks he can get into New Japan. But it doesn't sound like New Japan is particularly interested. And he's going to come out on Noah's stash any minute now. And I don't um, care that the show ended four hours ago. <laughs> and um, also, he says he made like you know cryptic comments like "I'm not going to be in Noah forever," 
Okay. So this guy th- thinks he's like, I'd sign the contract if I were Jake. Yeah. <laughs> what if this just ends with him crawling back to all Japan next year? Oh my year? God. Uh... <laughs> then you put him in some opening matches for a while. God, I mean, we're going to like, are we, do we actually have it in the run sheet on? Oh yeah. That uh, match that they announced with him. No, I don't think we have. Right. No, no. But I was going to get to that in a second. Um, <sighs> I just wanted to see what else other Jake things that should be talked about here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not having a new look was just ridiculous. No, it's still the fucking total eclipse. The faction doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So on January 8th at Cork and Hall, we're getting Jake Lee versus uh, Yoshiki Inamura, which I think will be great. Uh, yeah. Be good. Or the way I um, dubbed the match, the stoppable force meets the movable object. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because Jake, realist, just gonna... he, Jake should win this, right? Because he's the new debut yeah. and yeah, Inamura constantly gets put into positions where like he's in singles matches and he loses. But on the other hand, if Jake loses here, he's a full on geek and you can never bet against Jake being a geek. So no, I will absolutely not lock anything up here because no. Um, well, I'm, I certainly wouldn't lock it. You know what? I'm going to lock it. Yeah. If you're going to lock up lock. Jake, I'm, I'm going to lock up Jake. Versus in a more because you're, you're betting against Jake's geek powers. That that's that's no that's because I think brave. I think he's getting heated up maybe to possibly face Kaito, and then he'll probably just flounder in the mid card or leave after that. Could you see that happening? I mean, I could see that happening, but yeah, I, I also I don't know. <laughs> I just never would bet on against Jake Lee not being a geek. But obviously, he's brand new in Noah. And it would be very weird if they bring him in and then immediately drop him out. But it would also be the most Jake Lee thing ever as well. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, that's... I think a lot, any sort of... The hottest free agent in Japan <laughs> sort of went out with a whimper. Yeah, but as you said, January 1st warning revealed as MMA legend Jake Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we had for the... Oh, it should be noted that... Um, <laughs> they tried to really sell it on the commentary team, but I don't know if Stuart Fulton knew who Jake Lee was. No, he very clearly didn't. <laughs> um, and for the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Amaska defeated Junta Miyawaki in 15 minutes with a modified crucifix hold. Um, I thought this was pretty good, maybe not great. Um, they did do some like lots of dives and high-flying stuff. And, uh, you know, I think the whole point of this match was just to make, you know, even though Junta didn't win, just to be like, okay, he's back from his excursion. He's now competitive with the junior champion. Yep. I think that was basically the goal here. And I think that went really well. Um, I think there's definitely something like, I think he's obviously going to win this belt eventually. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, probably sooner rather than later as well. But I feel like it's the right decision to keep it in Amaxa for now and just have him have a bit of a run with the belt and then you can figure out what you're going to do with it afterwards. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I, he deserves it because he's yep. like one of the best juniors in the company. And no, no, no. Like I'm very happy that they actually made the decision to push him because for a long time I've been like banging that drum that like he is one of the best juniors and that he finally like gets a well-deserved run. Like I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and he could bring some stability to it. Yeah. Because this is Next also up, basically like a gold watch run as well, because he's older than people think as well. Yeah, he's like 37, maybe I think 38. He's older. I think it's like nearly 40, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, for the GHC tag team title, uh, Takashi Sugera and Satoshi 
Kojima defeated Maruken, Naomichi Marafuji, and Kenta in 18 minutes and 40 seconds with a Western Lariat from Kojima on Marafuji. This is just a bunch of old guys hitting each other really hard, and it was awesome. Um, you know, they just took it to each other. Kenta, I can't say Kenta dialed it back to like 2006, but Kenta maybe dialed it back a few years and looked better here than he has recently. Yeah, I, I'm always, always really happy. Kenta always seems to like work hard whenever he actually comes back to Noah, which I'm happy about. And yeah, as you said, this was just four old men just beating the shit out of each other and it was great. I think I went four stars on it. So the second best match good. of the show, I thought. Yes, absolutely. Second best match on the show. Just a ton of fun. And I also agree with the decision to like keep it on Segura and Kojima as well. Yeah. Because unless, well, Kenta... yeah, unless you get regular dates on Kenta, like. Yeah, Kenta's just a favor because Mudo, they got Mudo for the Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So, so it was just a one-night thing. Yeah, well, exactly. I'm sure he'll be back at some point, but not a regular. No, no, no. I think he's going to pop in every once in a while for like big shows. As long as Noah and New Japan stay on somewhat friendly terms, which still <laughs> we'll see seems to long. be the case. I mean, they're doing another joint show. So, I mean, obviously, at some point, the, at some point the like, relationship is going to break down because they're just, Noah's getting too big, basically. So yeah. eventually that will end. But for now, it seems like they're still on good terms. Yeah. And then next up for the JC Junior Heavyweight title, Yoshinari Ogawa and Eita defeated Yohei and KZ in 19 minutes and 17 seconds with the uh, Imperial Uno from, Uno from Eita on Yohei. And then the champions lose their titles in like nine days. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, maybe went a couple minutes too long. Um, for some reason, I was sort of expecting this to be better than it was. I mean, I thought the finishing sequence of this was really cool, though. With Eita and Yohei, where Eita just absolutely walloped Yohei with the Imperial Uno for the finish. I thought that oh, was yeah, really true. fun. Um, otherwise, yeah, I also thought this went a little bit too long. And I also would have liked to actually see more of Casey. Like, I don't think he was really, like... He really did all that much in the match. He's just getting the paycheck yeah. from another company, brother. Yeah, that, that's really what this felt like. I thought Ada actually worked harder than I've actually previously seen him work. And I actually said this in the preview, and I said this on the last episode, that I'm done being excited for Ada matches. But, and then they go and put him in a tag team with Ogawa. Uh, so now I'm still cautious. Now I'm again a little bit cautiously optimistic if this is the kind of Ada match that we're going to get going forward. When well, he he's a baby Ogawa. face now, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. And if, if this is what we're going to get, then I'm happy he's sticking around. And then for the GHC heavyweight title, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya defeated Keno in 19 minutes and 23 seconds with the Shining Wizard. This is about the match of the year for a couple days at least. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just incredible sprint because this is a little shorter than some of their other matches. But they just decided that, you know, they got the uh, semi-main event spot, lost it to uh, Muta, Muta. So they were just going to go out there and uh, almost uh, kill each other with some just crazy spots like Keno giving uh, Kiyomiya a falcon arrow from the second rope onto the apron and stuff like that. That I actually legitimately screamed when I saw that spot. Like, I yeah. just... It was like, oh my god, he, Kaito's dead. Just actually It was dead. as crazy as anything you saw in like Osprey and Omega yeah. in terms of bumps. Yeah, I actually gave both of them the same rating. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I went four and a half on this one. I think I liked Osprey versus Omega a little more, but mm -hmm. this is still incredible. This was 
Uh, was this better than their their match on January first last year? Yeah, I yeah. I don't you think so. I, I I haven't rewatched it, so I I was like I I like that match, but I definitely felt they had they've had better matches before, and I like this match more. Definitely like this match a lot more than I did the one from last year. Yeah, well, it was definitely um, leaps and bounds better than their last one. Oh, yeah, uh, it, but they were clearly like holding back. Yes, that 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 now in hindsight, it's very clear that that's what was happening. Where they were like, "And we're just gonna do this again at Budokan in a couple of months." So let's yeah. not go crazy. Let's just have them. Let's just get through this, and then we're gonna go all out at Budokan when they clearly now, did. Now they definitely did, and now the question is whether or not this gets some eyes on both of them. Hopefully, from people that maybe not familiar too familiar with them, I hope it did. Yeah. They certainly kill themselves trying to do it. But then, obviously, Keno is gonna like eat a destino in like a couple of weeks <laughs> and get pent by uh, <laughs> Naito. <laughs> That's very possible. Uh, and then in the main event, special singles match, WWE superstar Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> defeated Great Muda in 18 minutes and 19 seconds with a Kinshasa. This was a spectacle from the beginning, from the entrances, which were both great. Um, Nakamura had that guy with uh, whose name escapes me now, with the electric violin playing out his well, his original WWE theme because he had that remix one for a while. I don't know if he still uses it, but his original WWE theme is way better than the remix, I think. Yeah, no, I. There were a lot of people being like, "Oh, I'm sad. It's not subconscious." But it's like it, it never could be subconscious. Like subconscious well, no, is but, owned by New Japan. Well, not only that, but. Every in everything they refer to Nakamura as WWE yeah. superstar Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. and they and they had his name in all caps in English, like you know. Yeah, even even in like the official the press releases and everything. This is like Hideo Itami when he was in Noah. Yeah, he was for the Marafuji anniversary show. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Kenta. It was Hideo Itami. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So um, that, but I mean, I thought. Well, I mean, again, I don't watch WWE. Certainly not recently, but this is better than anything I saw Nakamura in. You know. Some time, yeah, maybe except for his NXT run. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like at least from what I've heard, he was from, certainly trying. Yeah, he definitely was trying really hard here, uh, and that entrance was just absolutely insane. Like I think this whole thing was worth it, just for like the entrance that Nakamura did. Like, that very much felt reminiscent of uh, his uh, Statue of Liberty entrance that he did when he had the match with Ibushi. I don't remember which Wrestle Kingdom that was. Yes. Um, that is true. And, and it was also yeah. very clear, like, Muta was also crazy over as well. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I thought he looked decent enough, certainly better than he did um, a couple of days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd just went full. We don't care about cheering restrictions on this one. No, this is like heat throughout. Yeah. Not even just for the big spot. No, so no, like no, an no, ooh no. and ah. Like they literally, they literally actually violated even the res relaxed restrictions that New Japan is going to do now. Where it's like, well, don't sing along. Like if you do quick chants, that's fine, but don't sing like full songs, basically. And they just sang along to Nakamura's entrance theme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, on the shall we? Uh, do we have to talk about Great Muda's uh, AJ Styles moment afterwards? Great Muda's AJ Styles, where he just rolled out the ring and bailed? No, his comments. Oh, oh, yeah, granddad throws around homophobic slurs. Yeah. He getting himself canceled on the way out. Yeah, great. Thanks, Muda. Which was so fascinating that he was saying them in English, too. Yeah, I'm, 
I don't get would assume like the slurs are the different words in J- Japanese. So maybe he was they have their, trying they have their to... own slurs. Yeah, I don't. In kayfabe, does Muta speak Japanese? Like, because it was Great Muta, not Muto. Like, does Muta oh, speak right, Japanese? Right. Like, I don't remember I... Great Muta giving interviews, but I'm pretty sure in kayfabe, Muto, Muta doesn't speak Japanese, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> Strange, horrible sense. Yeah. That's still not great, though, that he didn't immediately <laughs> no. goes into homophobic slurs. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. For, like, no reason as well. Completely and, unprovoked. Okay. They, okay, the NOAA Global English account straight up posted this. Like, yes. Muda's backstage comments on their Twitter. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah. Jesus. I get that you want to capitalize on, like, you can just put in the Nakamura. Like, the Nakamura entrance just did bonkers numbers on the NOAA yeah. Global, like, YouTube channel. So, I get that you want to capitalize on that. But maybe... Maybe don't put in the homophobic slurs from Muda. You know, maybe leave those out. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, God. All right. Uh, so Noah's got a few shows coming up uh, on Cork and Hall doubleheader that features a Congo versus um, Noah like tournament and the Inamura versus um, Jake Lee match. So that's coming up. But the big thing we still don't know is what's going on. Other than the like Darby Allen, Sting, and Great Muda, we don't even know who their partners are no. on that show, or their opponents, or anyone else. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know when they're gonna announce that because we're gonna get the announcement for the Yokohama show tomorrow. Well, did they announce it at Corkin on the eighth? I think. I guess so. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, we still have like the Shuffle Tag Tournament coming up as well. So no, the Shuffle Tag. No, that's. Oh, the Shuffle Tag Tournament was New Year's Eve. No, no, no. Sorry. There's going to be the Congo Shuffle Tournament. Yeah, the Congo. The yeah, Congo versus the Congo, Noah show. The yeah. Congo versus Noah show. And then there's the, there's the all like Mystery Vortex show right on the same day as well. So yep. maybe after that. Yeah, I would assume. They'd have to do it this weekend. Yeah, because you can't do it at the like Yokohama show because the show is the next day. <laughs> oh, no. And so uh, we have some breaking news, Paul. Oh. Uh, Tajiri has won oh, the yeah. Kushu, Kyushu Pro uh, Championship and has also joined the promotion. And now I understand you've watched this match. Yeah, I actually did watch this match like like an hour ago. I also basically already forgot it. <laughs> it, was, it was a wrestling match that happened. It's the best way I can describe it. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe like the most memorable thing that happened was basically Tajiri trying to like do the tarantula and just getting shoved to the outside. But <laughs> other than that, like it was a perfectly acceptable pro wrestling match. It happened and Tajiri won the title. Now, did you watch Hitamaru Sasaki versus Hikaru Sato in a UWF rules match? No, I only... I, I, I heard that was good. Yeah, I only saw the thumbnail of Tajiri with the title and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to check that one out. But I'm <laughs> probably going to go back and check out the Sato match as well. Okay, so that's it for pro wrestling. Noah, I think, Paul, unless you had any other thoughts. Um, could maybe just briefly talk about the finish of Nakamura versus Muta. Oh, yeah, he sucked the... Uh, well, this is like to the homophobic Gave him a comments. French kiss. <laughs> <laughs> to suck out the mist and then misted no, uh, uh, Muta and gave him the Kinshasa, which is a slightly different move than the Bombaye. So he used his WWE finisher. Yeah, I mean, which um, makes sense. But he also stole that from Will Ospreay versus Bushi. Yeah, but it was still a really cool finish, though. 
yeah, no, it was it was good. I mean, I liked the match. It went like three and a half. Yeah, no, no, no. It was a spectacle. It was, it, it was a complete spectacle. Like, it was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, both men tried hard. And yeah, it was just, it was super over with the crowd. So I think, I think just the show as a whole is just a massive success for Noah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I thought, you know, the undercard, what they, some of the choices they did were good and smart. Yeah. I just hope they can keep the momentum up and not do something stupid like offering Hiroshi Hase lots of money. Yeah. So hopefully, like, Noah can, like, and we've seen that from multiple people saying as well that they were, that they are going to give Noah a shot to, like, watch them regularly going forward. Yeah. Well, because I think no old guy's going to win any titles, at least for a couple of months. Why, why, are, why not, are you going around and jinxing that? <laughs> not until after Mudo retires, at least. Um, True. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Kaito's losing that belt before the end, like before the newer, uh, before the Muto retirement show. That, no, no, he's not. Hopefully, they finally get that Jack Morris match, though. No, because now he's in a tag team with Jake. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm so. saying he comes in and he derails Jack Morris. Like first thing he does is derails Jack Morris's push. <laughs> All right, so we move on to All Japan Pro Wrestling, and we start with the show on Christmas Day, December 25th at Korokun Hall in front of 1,296 fans, which was a pretty good number, although I think that was helped by some of the talent, outside talent on this show. And it was also a broadcast live on Geora, I think, or on Hulu in Japan. So we actually got match graphics. Yeah. With people's names and ages and weights and stuff like that and not just the was, and we still got the beautiful uh powerpoint match cards though at the beginning of the show yes we did though <laughs> the budget was only increased slightly <laughs> um so so open the show special singles match kaz hayashi defeated rising hayato in seven minutes and one second with the final cut i thought it was solid for what it was um it was a little too short but you know good opener Okay, so basically with that, we had um, Hayato, uh, you know, coming in and doing all of his flashy stuff. And then, uh, you know, Hayashi made the uh, experienced veteran comeback and then uh, got the win. So I think it was a good opener. I guess you could say it was a little surprising that uh, Hayashi did win. Maybe you'd want to get Hayato a big win over an established veteran. But ultimately, as we'd see a little later... Uh, things would change and it sort of made sense in context and everything like that. So it was ultimately a good opener. And then next up uh, in a special eight man tag team match, we had Taru, Jun Saito, Rei Saito, and Toshizo defeated Ryuki Honda, Yusuke Kodama, Masao Hanabata, and Minoru Tanaka in eight minutes and 32 seconds with a uh, Cobra Cut slam from June on Hanabata, I thought that this was decent for what it was. I mean, it's a multi-man uh, voodoo murders match, but I thought there was some decent action. I thought Honda tried uh, well when he was in there looking good. I thought Minoru Tanaka was a little fired up, as we will talk about uh, going to the match. But, you know, it was standard fare, but not too offensive by voodoo standards, uh, voodoo murder standards, I should say. Yeah, no, no, no. This was uh, an acceptable voodoo murderous match, uh, and maybe one of their last matches together as well? Question mark. Uh, question mark. But I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, next up, a special singles match in 
Uh, Naoya Nomura defeated Yoshitatsu in one minute and 47 seconds with the spear into the jackknife hold. He beat that nerd quick, <laughs> Paul. Yeah, and you successfully picked your lock correctly, as did I. Yes. Um, I really uh, thought uh, that was a lock. and it was. I thought maybe, I guess they're still doing the uh, Nomura like getting quick wins gimmick, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yoshitatsu was the perfect guy to have that happen to. Yeah. And then... Um, it's called the PWF Cup Special Six-Man Tag Match. Tajiri Toriano and Black Mensa Ray defeated Yuji Nagata, Dan Tamara, and Tomoaki Hanma, subbing in for Hikaru Sato, who was still healing up from a big bruise on his back, uh, with a horizontal cradle from Yano on Tamara. Now, this was Tajiri's last match in all Japan, and he still went over. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, this wasn't so very weird. good. <laughs> this wasn't very good. No. Um, yeah. And that, no, it's not the worst match I, I watched on any of these shows, I can tell you that. No, but, it's uh, it's still it's such, such a weird decision that like the Tajiri team goes over here when like he could take the pin or Black Mensa Ray could take the pin, but instead it's Dan. Like I don't get that one either. Yeah, and then in a special six man tag match, uh, Yudo Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei Fujita defeated Hokuto Omori, uh, Ryo Inoue, and Yuma Anzai in ten minutes and eleven seconds with a crab hold from Fujita on Inoue. This wasn't as good as that match from October second, which was like the New Japan versus All Japan Young Guys matches plus Kento and Nagata. But this was still pretty, really, pretty darn good. And they sort of, you know, just elbowed and slapped the shit out of each other. And it's definitely a much watch. If you like that match on October 2nd, you should watch this match. And after the match, they're clearly building to an Anzai versus Nakashima singles match. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited for that one as well. Also interesting that Fujita is the one that got the win here because he just he actually joined T, uh, TMDK uh, at New Year's New Year Dash today. So I wasn't. And well, he seems to be the one that they're highest on. Yeah, exactly. And they're high on Oiwa because they go gave Oiwa the Oleg Bolton match. Yeah. But it seems like maybe they're willing to sacrifice Nakashima to Anzai. Yeah. Which why not? And also like obviously the fact that Inoue was the one that took the pin here, not Anzai. Yeah, of course. Like I don't like. Obviously, we talked about it before, but like it's so obvious that he's just getting so much more protected than any other young boy is. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely check this out if you like that first match from October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and special singles match: Manabu Soya defeated Takao Mori in uh, eight minutes and forty seconds with the Dando. I mean, it was fine for what it was, but I was expecting maybe something a little more. Well, I mean, these, especially Omori, obviously older. You can't. Epic is not the word, but like put more into this match to tell a story because they had a whole video package before this match started <laughs> talking about how, you know, this is get wild tag team partners coming into conflict. Um, so I'm sort of also wondering if, you know, with Noah and all Japan working again, if soy is going to be making more appearances and this was just something that set something up later. Might be, but yeah, as you said as well, like after the video package, I was actually kind of hyped for this match and then it was just, a regular wrestling match where they didn't even really do anything special or did any callbacks or anything like that. Um, yeah, but maybe with Sawyer winning, yeah, maybe he's coming back a bit more regularly and we'll see what comes out of that. I could see Sawyer in the Champion Carnival, actually. Uh, yeah, he would be a good fella in there. Yeah. And next up, oh, I'm excited to talk about this one. Suwama, Mayumi Ozaki, and Maya Yukini defeated Shuji Ishikawa, Chihiro Hashiboto, and you in 18 minutes and 4 seconds when Suwama used a backdrop hold on uh, Ishikawa. Paul, I went four and a half stars on this match. I I put it at number 10 on my match of the year list. This was so much fun. I have watched it like three or four times. 
I loved everything about this. I loved Chihiro taking down Suwama in a grapple at the beginning of the match. I loved Chihiro giving Suwama a German suplex later on in the match. I loved the heel work. I loved, um, like, uh, Ozaki, like, choking out, like, a much, much <laughs> larger person in Ishikawa with the chain on the outside. And credit to them both. They sold for the women, especially Suwama. He sold for both you and Hashimoto. And if you notice after the match, when they're doing, like, the match posing for the photographers, he grabs Ozaki and tells her to stand in the middle <laughs> to, when they're doing the photo ops and everything like that. I don't have much to say nice about Suwama a lot of the time these days, but he clearly respects women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, a good sign. that's obvious from the fact that he wants to do his own promotion there as well. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he showed it here yeah. because, yeah, obviously, Evolution hasn't launched yet. The women are still training and everything like that. But I would say that's a good sign given sort of the respect he showed here to the women. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I thought I, I don't think I'm as high as you on this match, but I thought this was a ton of fun. Like, it's always very obvious when wrestlers are working and they're having fun and everyone here was just having a shit ton of fun as well. At one point, like when Ishikawa was getting whipped, he started laughing, or try, but he tried not yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Maybe he's into that. Well, of course, right? Um, yeah, because like Ishikawa joined the same uh, S and M club as Dan Tamer in this. <laughs> maybe that's why. Well, I mean, they're both known for hanging around for Suwama, so maybe we can do some conclusions to Suwama there as well. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I mean, I love this so much, and just. Like, I want the feud between Chihiro and Suwama to continue. <laughs> I mean, where do, you, where do you blow that off? Like, blow that well, I don't off know. She beat Shinya Aoki in DDT. Huh? Fair enough. Uh, at, on Nevermind, right? So she's, she's already been pinning men and everything like that. Like, do you do a singles match? Or is it just like you can't have Suwama lose to her, so it's no point? Because she's going to lose anyway. I mean, Suwama would probably be willing I, I, to lose to her, I guess. <laughs> maybe in a yeah. tag. I don't know. But I just feel like, could you do like a 20-minute time limit? Could you? I don't know. Or another tag match. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I wanted to continue. Apropos Shinya Aoki, I think we kind of forgot to mention that he was at uh, Noah Budokan as well, wearing a really shitty mask, a really shitty Muda mask. Oh, was that Shinya Aoki? I'm pretty sure it was. That would make sense. He would be hanging around with the shooters. Yeah. <laughs> Because he came out and they were teasing him as X. Yeah, and then he this just guy in that mask, and then disappeared. They came out. Yeah, <laughs> but they never revealed who was under this no. mask. That that made the whole thing even though, But I'm pretty sure that was him. That makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I oh God, I wanted to talk about this. I just love the mask. No, I'm no, no. It was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he's and like you know like Suwama selling in this was great because yeah. he was selling for the women. And when he took that like cannonball from you in the corner, and uh, yeah, I mean just. Like, from the minute it started, it was just perfect. Oh, yeah, I know. You had just three, yeah. like, uber heels and three, like, uber baby faces in there. It was just a very, like, classical structure in that way. And, you no, know, everyone, like, played their role to perfection as well. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, it, and it had things, like, I don't necessarily like in wrestling a ton, like, cheating. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, they just had, like, Ozaki had her chain, Yukiya had, their, had her whip, and they were just using it liberally. Yeah. Not even bother trying to distract the ref. There's a lot of crowd brawling or, or brawling around the ring, but it just somehow all worked and came oh, together. Oh, yeah, no, if it works, it, like, it works really well. It's just that a lot of wrestlers don't really know how to do it properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the whole, like, Oz Academy gimmick. Yeah. So if anyone's going to be able to pull it off, it's going to be, like, Ozaki and Yukiji. Yeah. So that was, to me, the highlight and far and away the best match of the show. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. It was the best match on the show. Right. 
What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network although the next then, one was it, pretty good as well yeah it was uh in the main event uh all japan pro wrestling 50th anniversary final special eight-man tag match kento miyahara atsuki aoyagi taichi and yoshinobu kanemaru uh Versus Jake Lee, Yuma Aoyagi, Sonata, and Bushi went to a time limit draw of 30 minutes. Um, I thought this actually started off pretty slow. And it was just all the guys doing their character work. But the last few minutes were really great. Mm -hmm. But we got two time limit draws in the main event on back-to-back All Japan shows. (laughs) Because apparently they don't want to pin Jake Lee on his way out. Yeah, no. because Now, I think they should have pinned him on the, the previous show. Yes. Yeah. More so than this one. Yeah. But now yeah. it's back to back-to-back time limit draws. Paul, is Rossi Ogawa booking All Japan now? I mean, apparently so. I mean, we've got yeah. we've got really good women's wrestling and time limit draws, so that's clearly both staples of Rossi Ogawa. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously it was like a, another emotional thing. It was a nice tribute to see uh, all these guys back who were, made their careers in all Japan once, and uh, who knows? I think some of them might be popping in again. I mean, there was soon. there was the rumor. I mean, that was part of the Patreon post as well that Bushi might be coming back to all Japan. I don't Japan. need Bushi back no, in all Japan. Not really. He's just a waste of like. Is it just be a waste of money? Yeah, yeah no. I, like, um, and like having putting him over Atsuki doesn't mean anything when you have. Well, we'll get to it. But like, there are more important junior stars in the company's history that Atsuki can beat. Yeah, and Bushi like isn't really worth a whole lot without the I rest would bring of MLJ. In, 
I would bring in Kanemaru, who's older than Bushi back. Oh, absolutely. Back Bushi. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hopefully, Bushi is not returning. I mean, I don't have a problem with him popping up once in a while, but I do not want him full-time in All Japan or no. anything like that. As a tribute act, yeah, that's great. But, like, he, he's not a draw without LIJ. Like, his whole value is that he's a member of a really popular faction. And because he's a guy who eats the pins. Yeah. <coughs> So we move on to uh, January 2nd at Corken Hall in front of 1,055 fans. That's down from the Christmas Day show, but that's still good. Over 1,000 is good these days for Corken, and Corken is good for all Japan. And it was way up from last year. So It was, I think, but it's also like trying to look at like last time they drew this bad, like excluding pandemic years, the last time they drew this badly was like back in like, 2015 i think when they had like a show that drew like less than this so, yeah i don't know well they had one uh cork and hall in uh 2019 that drew 917 yeah oh you know what the yeah, main yeah, event yeah. of that show no. was something involving oh, jake. do you know what the main event was what something involving jake no it was uh, zeus versus ryuji sai and oh, triple crown. i erased that from my mind yeah that was terrible <laughs> So first off, we had Ryuki Honda, Yusuke Kodama, and Masao Hanabata, Gungnir of Anarchy. They defeated Dan Tamara, Ryo Inoue, and Yuma Anzai in 7 minutes and 20 seconds with the final vent from Honda on Inoue. Fun opener. Yep. Uh, once again, just, you know, you could you, these guys could go a couple more minutes, but it was perfectly good opener for what it was. Mm -hmm. Gotta heat up Honda for his match against Nomura. Yep. And then next up, we had... Uh, Takao Mori, Rising Hayato, and Kaz Hayashi defeated Yoshitatsu, Black Mensurei, and Mitsuya Nagai in 9.05 when uh, Hayashi used the final cut on Mensurei. Again, heating Hayashi up for something. Paul, I'll say this. This match exceeded my low expectations. Oh, definitely, yeah. Because Nagai also seems to be motivated, which we found out I was going to say later. <laughs> I, I wrote a review on Voice of Wrestling, and I said Nagai looks better now than he did back in like Noah in 2018, 2019 in Hooligans. Yeah. No, no, no. He definitely, like, I don't know. Like, seems, it also seems like All Japan wants to do something with him. So that might be the reason as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Simple just to get Hayashi over. But, you know, completely inoffensive. Uh, next up, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Nuruki Doi defeated Shuji Shikawa and Hokuto Omori in 11 minutes and 19 seconds with a gotch-style prior driver on Suzuki versus Omori. I thought this was a lot of fun. This was really about sort of, well... I thought it was about reigniting the Omori and Suzuki feud, but that would take a very interesting direction yeah. after the end of the match. But the match was a lot of fun, I thought. Yeah, no, the match was pretty good as well. Uh, I really like this Minoru Suzuki Naruki Doi team, and I'm very happy that we're actually going to get more of them as well. And after the match, Omori came up to Suzuki and bowed and basically said, you can have me now. <laughs> and he left with Doi and Suzuki, and they have formed a new Suzuki gun, Neo Suzuki gun, or whatever you want it yeah. is. It doesn't have a name no. yet. Suzuki has immediately formed a new faction in all Japan. He basically did it in New Japan as well, where like him and Despi actually saved Renarita at New Year Dash. Oh, that's right. So yes. either maybe we're gonna see a fusion of those two. That actually, that actually would be an amazing faction: Suzuki, Doi, Omori, El Desperado, and Renarita. That would be. Yes. That is literally like the Paul be. faction. Yeah, that would be really good. I'm not sure if we're gonna get that. No. but I kind of hope we do. Uh, next up. Uh, we had in a World Tag Team title skirmish number one contenders match, uh, 
Nomu Yagi, Yuma Aoyagi, Naoya Nomura defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 11 minutes and 48 seconds when Aoyagi did a cradle on Jun, who had tried to give him a Koba clutch slam. Paul, this sort of, um, I was really hyped for this, but it sort of didn't live up to what I was expecting. I thought the Saito spent way too much time on con- in control here, and that sort of exposed them. Uh, I, I actually kind of like this one. Uh, I thought, because again, like the Saitos bring something unique. So I thought they did that here as well. Can get a bit tiresome and in control too much, but I think like Yuma and Naoya made up for that with the selling. So if, yeah, Yuma definitely. Yeah, did. like Yuma, Yuma kind of sold his ass off, and that really helped the match. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't think this was like an amazing match, but I liked it well enough. Yeah, I think this should. I think ideally, if you want to maximize, I think I kind of understand what they were going for telling the story here. But I think to maximize overall quality, it should have been more back and forth. Um, yeah, but again, like the I don't think the scientists are really like if Yuma and Naoya are more of a team that excel more with this type of story rather than going like a straight back and forth. And I think the scientists are also like like I think the scientists can go back and forth when they're facing someone like Ishikawa and Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then so next up uh, for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight title, Atsuki Aoyagi defeated Hikaru Sato in 15 minutes and 10 seconds with Firebird Splash. I thought it started off a little slow, but it really caught me by the end. I thought Sato was going to submit uh, Atsuki. I really did when I was watching oh, Watch yeah, it Live and everything. And uh, I thought it was really compelling in the end. And I thought it told a great story because Atsuki finally beat Sato after numerous meetings in the past. Uh, and... You know, Sato puts the belt on him and sort of says, you know, you're the junior ace now, kid. Yeah. No, it, I think love that they also kind of played back to some of the stuff uh, that they've done in the past, like the recent match that they had in the Junior Battle of Glory, where Sato tapped out Aoyagi like just before the match ended, which we talked about on the last mm-hmm. show. Uh, I, I like that they actually played back to that. And yeah, I, fo- I thought that actually, as you said, I really helped the match as well because you really felt that, that Sato could actually do it. And then Atsuki just manages to just co- do a quick comeback and then hit the splash for the win. And I thought that worked really well. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, Kaz Hayashi came to challenge. Mm-hmm. As we've seen, he's been picking up wins. And it's going to be the battle of the old ace versus the new one. Yeah. I thought that's going to be a ton of fun as well. So do you think yeah. Kaz is going to win or are they keeping it on no. Atsuki? Because you completely derail any momentum by just having the old ace that's like almost 50 coming yeah. and winning the title. Yeah. Not that they wouldn't do that. That's the thing, yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> but I feel like, okay, you've already given Kaz two wins over these two shows. And there's another, like, six-man tag coming up that he's going to be in before they have the title match. So, yeah, I think, does, you know, does Kaz even want to be have the title? I mean, he, he loses a lot in, in great as well. So I'm pretty confident Atsuki's going to beat him. No, yeah, probably yes. But again, I, I can't rule it out that they're going to do a story where Kaz becomes kind of a mountain that Atsuki needs to overcome. I think if you were going to do establishing, I would use Naruki Doi if that yeah. instead of Kaz Hayashi. No, I would probably put Doi in that or maybe, as well. Yeah. And then next up for the uh, World Tag Team Championship, Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura defeated Suwama and Kono in 17-27 with the sleeper hold from Nomura on Kono. Kono uh, the champions fail on their first defense, much like Suwama failed on his first <laughs> defense as a Voodoo Murders Triple Crown champion. Um... First of all, Paul, do you think this was a plan all along now? Yeah, because they did this title change. 
So that makes it a lot more likely that that what was actually the plan because we also now have an announcement for the return match of Shotaro Ashino on the 27th. Yeah, so if they would have just if the plan was actually like to actually keep the to actually have Gangi of Anarchy win to have Honda and Ashino win, then they probably would have just waited until Ashino's back and then did the rematch then, but they didn't. So that makes it more likely that that actually always was the plan to have Miyahara and Nomura be into title matches on both nights and then have them win here to do like a bit of like heating them up a bit more for the the match on the next night as well. Yeah. And the match was fine, like three gentlemen's three. I mean, you know, yeah. I thought the last couple of minutes were fine, but it was just, you know, middling and cheating yeah. otherwise. Yeah, no, it wasn't really, like I definitely had higher expectations for the match, but it just was just kind of plodding along. Well, because the, the, the Suwama and Kono matches that where they don't do all the bullshit were actually kind of good yeah. in the real world tag. Yeah, game. it was literally just roll a coin and then or roll a dice basically and see if it lands on cheating or not. And if you get cheating, then you get a bad match. Like, like I, I wouldn't even call it bad, just kind of boring. And yeah. Yeah. If not, you're actually going to get a good match. And unfortunately, the dice landed on cheating here. And in an interesting change, they did the Battle Royal in the main event. And it was a 22-man. And Takuya Nomura defeated uh, Ryo Inoue, who was the uh, sort of survivor, last survivor, with the, like a PK in 12 minutes and one seconds. You had Shuji Shikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, Nomura, Junseto, Reiseto, Mitsuya Nagai, Yoshitatsu, Hikaru Sato, Yusuke Kodama, Dan Tamura, Masao Hanabata, Yuma Anzai, Kaz Hayashi, Atsuki Aoyagi, Kaito Miyahara, Rising Hayato, Masanobu Fuchi, Ryuki Honda, Takawa Mori, Black Menso Rei. Now some highlights. I mean, obviously this wasn't like great. I mean, it's a Japanese battle royal. They're just standing around and all climbing on top of each other but at one point because because this was in the main event miyahara came out wearing the tag titles and the triple crown and was just sitting on the corner and and grabbed ryo inoue and was like hiding behind him <laughs> but later on masanobu fuchi pins miyahara with the inside cr- uh, small package cradle well of course everyone jumps on to keep that mm-hmm. happen while wearing the belts but i thought that was a lot of fun yeah uh, when when is fuchi yeah. getting his triple crown shot uh, when is Gianni Valletta getting his triple crown shot? Mm. When is Izanagi getting well, his triple mean, crown shot? Well, I mean, Gianni Valletta never because the jury is gone. So, Yes. And uh, not Izanagi either, but that was fun. And I thought the last couple of minutes between uh, uh, Rio Inoue and, and Nomura was actually pretty good because they were just kicking the shit out of each yeah. other. No, I, I think Inoue is coming along really nicely. Like, I'm really excited oh, yeah. what, he's, what they're going to do with him. Yeah. So that's that show. Um, so we move on to the third, which drew 1,041. Paul, it's really weird that this drew the second day drew less than the first. Yeah. Because it's usually the opposite because day two has the triple crown. I don't know if I have any theories. No more is not a draw or it's just saturation of all the other shows going yeah, on. I think it might, maybe it's because the Kyushu show actually happened on the same day. So clearly people would rather watch Tajiri than watch Kento Miyahara. Right. Well, it should also be noted that this also did more fans than last yeah, year, yeah. too. I mean, it might just be, again, like kind of the fact that, like, I mean, they, not to blame it on the economy, but it's kind of shit everywhere. So yeah. it might be a thing where people could only afford, like, I mean, but then again, if you can only afford tickets All to one of the though, shows, the if you can only afford tickets yeah. to one of the shows, I would probably go to the triple count rather than the of course. tag title one. 
So it is still yeah. weird that it drew more, but well, yeah. Who knows but the why. thing, the thing is, with the, the thing with the economy is that all the all the shows drew more. Yeah. Than last yeah. year. Yeah, but they so they, they, they drew worse compared to like non-pandemic years, and I think of course, of course. Well, these are still yeah. clap crowds technically, yeah. and um, so to open up, we had Hikaru Sato and Dan Tamara defeating Rising Hayato and Rio Inoue. Uh, in eight minutes and seven seconds with a Death Valley bomb from Tamara on Inoue. There's a lot of fun. Just great opener. Like, these four guys. Inoue looked awesome here, I thought. Yeah, no, Inoue, like, he also sold his ass off, but, like, his offense looks really, really nice. Like, he really is becoming, like, a mini Kawada now. Yeah. Next up, Black Mansuri and Mitsuya Nagai defeated Yusuke Kodama and Masao Hanabata in six minutes and eight seconds with a stretch plum from Nagai on Hanabata. Again, <laughs> perfectly acceptable, but maybe they are doing something with Nagai because I would have... You know, you could have had Mensa Ray lose here to, you know, a former All-Asia Tag Team yeah. Champion team. And also, like, the fact that he also, like, deli- like he confronted, like, Masao before the match as well. Like, that's when I really noticed, like, yeah. the guy looks motivated. Like, what's, what, what's happening here? I haven't seen him like this in, yeah. like, ever? Years. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. So, so that seems like they're doing something there. Next up, we had Naoya Nomura defeating Ryuki Honda in 6 minutes and 49 seconds with a spear into a jackknife hold. Paul, it's scandalous that this only went less, this went less than 7 minutes because yeah. this was turning into something fucking yeah. awesome and then bam, it was yeah. just over. I, I hope they run this back in a champion carnival and have give oh them a proper God, match. Yes. I still went 3 and 3 quarter stars because I thought it was too damn good. Yeah. But they could easily have... They, they could do a 4-star match in like 12 minutes, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, this this was all really, really good as a sprint. So I'm, I really, really hope that they notice that and give them a proper match yeah just awesome and well you know they're given no this was obviously one of no more's quicker wins yeah. but oh we forgot to mention this they didn't announce any new signings no. at the beginning of january 2nd i god i had my fingers crossed for my beautiful boy Naomi, <laughs> but it didn't happen no I've, i would assume he had an offer on the table i'm yeah i'm very certain he uh, did but, but i to be yeah. to be on all honesty there would be i don't i don't think there was anyone else worth signing no other than him. Like, maybe I would consider signing Kumadoi, but it's clear that all Japan doesn't really think all that much of them. Yeah, uh, well, Doi is a Tajiri guy. Yeah. So that might be one of the reasons as well. And now they're also bringing in, like, a few more, like, more expensive freelancers, like Doi and Suzuki. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that's also, like, a thing where they're, like... Well, yeah. when, the, when, the, when the more expensive freelancers come in, Kumadoi get the shaft first. Yeah, I mean, they're not on the show. They were not on the yeah. previous. Show. I would maybe consider. I would maybe consider signing Hanabata. No, I don't think you need to. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if Kodama would even sign because he, is he not? Yeah, a teacher? he's a teacher. Like he's he's very much yeah. just a part timer. Like I don't think he would yeah. consider even signing. So if yeah. no, if Nomura doesn't want to sign, then there's really no one else on this roster right now that I would want to give that kind of like contract money to. Basically. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated Yoshitatsu, Yuji Nagata, and Yuma Anzai in 8 minutes and 14 seconds with a referee stop um, when, you know, Yoshitatsu was in the sleeper from Suwama. But uh, we had a, well, it's not technically a full breakup angle, but they came to blow. Suwama and the Saitos came to blows because Taru tried to throw the powder, but it ended up hitting Suwama and everything. And uh, we also missed, actually, so. we missed the whole angle that happened before it with uh, Onida. Oh, yes. Onida came yeah. out. And then, they're, so they're going to do an explo- or a electric current death match on February 4th. Yeah, it's Onida and, and Yoshitatsu. 
Is it though? Because they haven't formally. Yeah, I mean, Yoshitatsu was there, like because that's how this whole match yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 because yeah, they yeah. basically did yeah. a Heyman thing, where uh, where Voodoo Murderers comes out to attack Yoshitatsu, and then Nagata and Anzai make the save, and then that turns into a match. Yeah, should be noted that on- Onida got no pop. Nope. I know it was a clap crowd, but someone, you would think someone like Onida would have gotten some more noise. Than I mean, Onida is just the ultimate example of just diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. Like, if you just he compare just him to, like, the mid-90s to now, like, just other people from that time have managed to sustain their pops, and Onida just hasn't. Like, it's just not anything now. He's not a draw at, no, uh, at no. all. Like, he, I mean, if you go and you look at some of the shows that he's worked, like... There's no evidence that he's any sort of no. draw now. And this has been like this for a few years now. Yeah. And arguably, like, let's say yeah. if we go back to like 95, in 1995, Onida is a way bigger draw than KJ Muto. Not way bigger, no, not way quite... bigger, but like, he's a I draw. mean, in 95, in 95, Muto had the Takata match. True. But still, like, like, if, like just kind of like looking at the 90s, like, Onida is like generally. I would say overall a bigger draw. He was a bigger draw th- than Mudo at certain Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Whereas now, like, Mudo just worked, like, in front of 9,500 people at the Budokan in the main event, and Unida came out in the middle of an All Japan Korokan show with no reaction. Yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't need it, but I think, uh, I think that show on the fourth is a sold show. So whoever's paying for it, I think obviously wants Onida yeah. there. I mean, if that's all that is, then, like, whatever, fine, sure. Yeah, because uh, it's their responsibility to fill it up, not all Japan. Exactly, like if all Japan just gets their money and they don't have to pay or need a cent. That's whatever. But we'll talk about another match on that show though in a bit. Uh, for the All Asia Tag Team Titles, Masao Rangai and Kendo Kashin defeated Takawa Mori and Masao Inoue in fourteen fifty nine with a small package hold from Nosawa on Omori. My God, uh, the champions fail in their first defense. Paul, I'm a dud. This was just a horrible match. I, I actually wrote you when I watched this, like, does this ever end? And it just didn't. Because <laughs> it went way too it's long. It's still going now. My God. Yeah. Just awful. And Caution was use, absolutely useless. Yeah. And uh, uh, was well, I don't know how long they're going to have these titles, but was going to be around for a bit longer. Yeah, but, I mean, he's also, like, yeah, I don't know. It's the All-Asia titles, so, like, as long as this whole thing gets, like, Quarantine to the All Asia Tag Title Division, and I'm fine with it because those titles just alternate between like being undercut work rate titles and whatever this is. Yeah, just awful. D- please just skip the yeah. match. Um, and then uh, Minoru Suzuki and Naruki doing Hokuto Omori making their debut as a unit defeated Suji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, and Atsuki Aoyagi with them uh, when Omori pinned uh, Atsuki with the Muso Essen. This was great. Yeah. And this new Suzuki team, they worked like a pretty well-oiled machine considering this was their first match as a, as a unit. Yeah, but I mean, both Suzuki and Doi are like really experienced in these kind yeah. of matches. But Omori looked Yeah, no, Omori too. definitely held his own. And, and now he's finally gone heavyweight. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> After everything, because like, it sure seems like that because he just pinned the junior, chi- uh, junior champion and he's not going to challenge for the well, belt. Well, did he say he wasn't going to challenge? I mean... I, I, I have a feeling that he's now actually a heavyweight, which is so weird that they had him go like winless in the junior, junior tournament, and then he just goes and joins up with Suzuki and just becomes a heavyweight. Well, he needed the tutelage of an experienced uh, uh, wrestler like Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. But this was like really good for what it was. Like it was relatively short. Oh, yeah. I also loved like Ishikawa and Omori going like chest to chest at the beginning. 
because technically yeah. Omori like betrayed the old Japan home army now. Mm-hmm. So no, I, yeah. I thought this was really fun, and I really hope that like there's ho- there's something coming out of the Suzuki Doi and Omori uh, like faction. Like I really love. I would already. assume. I would assume after Hayashi versus Aski, we'll find out if he's challenging. Yeah, or not. and if he's not, then I then I would say he's a heavyweight now. But I'm really into this new team, the Suzuki yeah. Goon. Yeah, <laughs> Neo Suzuki Goon or whatever the name is actually going to be. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. And then in the main event for the Triple Crown, Kento Miyahara defeated Takuya Nomura in 28 minutes and 42 seconds with a shutdown German suplex for his third defense of the title. I thought this was great. I thought that it all, it very much had a very similar um, structure to so many other Miyahara Triple Crown matches, but I thought that Nomura brought some extra stiffness, and I thought Kento worked a little stiffer than usual here too. Some of his blackout knees looked a lot harsher than usual, and it just built to like a big war, and you know Kento pulled out the win in the end, but I thought uh, Takuya got a lot of shine and it felt like, you know, that he'll, well, obviously he's going to be around because he's still champion. But um, yeah, it, it was both similar and different, but different enough that I think it's something that you should definitely go out of your way to see if you haven't seen a Kento Miyahara Triple Crown match in a while. Yeah, uh, I made the mistake and watched this on the same day as I watched Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did kind of leave a couple of hours in between as like a palate cleanser, but I think that definitely didn't help. I, I liked it well enough. I didn't think it was like, great match i think it was bordering on four stars i'm not sure well if I'm you know you're not the only person pull the trigger on that you're, you're not the only person who was like it was good but not great i think it sort of just was how into it you got with sort of like no more as well yeah I, I, I mean i did like kind of like kento's work in this as well just based on him just kind of being a bit lackadaisical at the beginning and then kind of getting more into it as the match went along when he was like oh i actually need to take this seriously so yeah. I like that part of the match. And then otherwise, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really fun, but just I don't think it got quite there in terms of being a great match. Yeah. So, I mean, reviews are all over the place on this, I, I, will, I will say. So that's not surprising at all. Um, it's interesting that so certainly one of the more div- divisive is a strong yeah. word, but definitely one of the matches that I saw of the like the sort of first week of January that had reviews all over the place. You either loved this or thought it was yeah. good. I didn't see no, any no. I don't find like I think if you hated but, this, then I don't know. Like you, you probably shouldn't be watching all Japan to be quite honest. But a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people really love yeah. this, including myself. Um, and then after the match, both Yuma Aoyagi and Yuji Nagata came out to challenge for the Triple Crown. Kento Miyahara told Nagata, "You lost your spot in your company. You're going to have to prove <laughs> yourself some more before you get a title Bitch. shot," which was hilarious. I thought. It's such a pew pew he's <laughs> shooting um and but uh but then yuma once again promised another new japan wrestler the first crack at the title if he wins because <laughs> he already offered that to taichi on january 25th or december 25th show in the post-match promo so on february 4th in um what's the name of that place it is on the it's like the western edge of tokyo that's barely tokyo oh, yeah i don't remember uh, it either hachio hachioji Subarena, we're getting Yuma versus Kento. I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this, Paul. Um, yeah, because I don't think Yuma's winning. I don't either. I think he has it sh- because they also already announced the 
Ke uh, like the Kento and Nomura, or Kento and Takuya Nomura versus uh, uh, Nomuyagi match as well. Yeah, that's on the 22nd. So if Kento and Takuya Nomura defend the titles there, I think Yuma has a chance. I don't think they're making Yuma a double champion. But if Nomuyagi yeah. win the titles, then Yuma is absolutely going to lose the Triple Crown match. Yes, because with Kento, if like Yuma wins and you have Kento and Takuya Nomura as the tag champions, that's like a team that can you can put up top to to support um, Yuma. Mm -hmm. But also the only thing is, like All Japan also announced what I would call a you know a ambitious schedule by their standards. So on March twenty first, they have a show at Oda Ward Gym. Uh, June 17th, Oda Ward Gym. Uh, September 8th, Yoyogi National Stadium, the second arena where the those Takataichi Mania shows have happened. And then December 31st, another show at Yoyogi, number two. Yeah. Which is, I think, No, no, no. It's, it's definitely, they're getting a bit more, uh, they're getting a bit more uh, adventurous, let's say, or a bit more ambitious. Which is fine and good, but what are they going to put on those shows? Yeah. And Yuma's got to win the Triple Crown this year. I just don't see why, like, it's a bad idea. If he yeah, no, no. I, I still feel like the plan is for him to win back-to-back -back Champions Carnivals and then beat Kento. So you're going to go to... Now, does he face? Does he beat Kento and Oda Ward for the title? I would say so. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like this placement of this match. No, I, like, I don't get this either. And then, like, Nagata is still waiting in the wings as well. Now, see, I'm thinking it's Nagata versus Kento at that Oda Ward show in March. That could also happen. And then, but does Nagata win there or does Kento win? Oh, God, Kento wins. I don't, I, I don't think that New Japan, it just doesn't seem like New Japan is going to force All Japan to put the title on Nagata. Yeah. Like, Noah wanted to put the title on True. Kojima. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't. And same, and same, and same, same with Tiger Mask and the junior title match. Like, they, they, they told... They thought yeah. that they would, they could make Atsuki, even though I still think, given the way that Hikaru Sato's reign was going, you could have just had Atsuki beat Hikaru Sato at the yeah. Budokan, and that would have meant. Yeah, the so only well. requirement New Japan had there was that they that he had to get a certain number of defenses. That's where he basically rushed. Did like they a, even, or did they just want to make? I build no, I, I think that was that was New Japan going. If he wins the title, we don't want him to lose, like to have no defenses. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I'm not thrilled about it, but I mean, I don't think it's fatal, but I just think that they better tell a hell of a story. Yeah. If, and, and Yuma's got to win. Yeah, the I, I think it very much, like, I think we're going to know after the uh, tag team title match. Yeah, for sure. But, like, the thing is, if you do have Yuma, like, are you going to have Yuma win at, the, at this show? And is that maximizing Yuma's win, even? No, because that's, what, that's why I'm thinking he's not winning here. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, just a couple of more All Japan notes. Um, so, yeah, on January 22nd, it's Asuki Aoyagi versus Kaz Hayashi and uh, Kento and Takuya versus Yuma and Naoya for the World Tag Team titles. Um, oh, and Toshizo versus Minoru Tanaka for the Gaori TV title. Mm -hmm. And then, um, oh, also I see Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori versus Yuma Anzai and Ryo Inoue. Yeah, that could that be really be good. Yeah, that would be really fun as well. And a Shitaro Ashino return match. Thankfully, his shoulder injury is not one of those long-term things. Shitaro Ashino, Ryuki Honda, and Mas Masao Hanabata versus Yuji Nagata, Hikaru Sato, and Dan Tamara. Again, pretty good. Uh, Shuji Shikawa, Takao Omori, Yoshitatsu, and Ren Ayabe finally returning to All Japan 
versus Suwama, Kono, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito. So and we're then, probably um, getting like a breakup angle there for Wudamoto's. I would hope so. It's time to pull yeah. the plug. And I think whoever's in charge now wants to pull the plug. Yeah. I mean, you can um, keep the Saitos as heels with uh, Taru oh, as I would, their manager. I would, I would, honestly, I'd keep Taru yeah. as their manager. I'm not going to Kono lie. can go, I don't know, do Kono things, but... Yeah, he can go back to yeah. Vamosar. Yeah, exactly. And then Suwama can like form a team with Anzai or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that I, well, Nagata's not going to be around forever, so I really think you do have to form the Suwama and Anzai tag team at yeah. some point. Um, and then Oji Shiba returns for a few shows. I'm just looking at some things worth talking about. Uh, January 11th at the uh, in Yokohama at the Hodogaya Public Hall. Paul Black. Mensa Ray versus Black Tiger. And it's going to be the shit Black Tiger as well. Yeah. <laughs> he was so bad. Why would you bring him back months later? There's no reason. I know. I would hope Black Mensa Ray wins that. Hopefully, yeah. But why do you bring Tiger back if you don't give him a win? Like, I don't know. It's just very odd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, real quick, I'm also going to lock up Nomu Yagi winning the titles as well uh, on the 22nd. Yeah. Uh... I'm not gonna lock that up, but I think that's gonna happen. And I think, yeah, they'll be yeah, great. They, they made champions. way too much of a big deal of them reuniting for that for them to yeah. just lose. Yeah, and then um, the main event of that show on the 11th is Kento Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and Kaz Hayashi versus Yuma Aoyagi, Atsuki Aoyagi, Naoya Nomura. Where I figure that Hayashi's probably gonna pin Atsuki. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, we're probably not gonna get a Wudo Murderers breakup on the previous show if, like, because Savama's still teaming with the Saitos here. No, no, the, the, I just said the 11th. I went out oh, of order. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So oh, that's okay, January okay, 22nd. Gotcha. And then one, this is January yeah. 11th. And then January 15th at 2AW Square, which is a too good a card for 2AW Square, if you ask me. Uh, I would say the highlights <laughs> here are Kento Miyahara, Rising Hayato, and Kotaro Suzuki versus Yuma Aoyagi, Atsuki Aoyagi, and Naoya Nomura. Yeah. Uh, Dan Tamara versus Naruki Doi. Yeah, that should be, that should be really, and really fun as well. Like, I'm looking forward to it. This one to watch... Here's one to watch. Hokuto Omori versus Hikaru Sato. I, I think that one again is like a very much like... I would... I Obviously, I think Hokuto is winning that one. Uh, well, I think Hokuto winning will tell us a lot about... Uh, yeah, and the way he wins as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, they don't really seem like a cheating faction. They seem like a kicking ass, but in a heelish way faction. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, for me, it's more like how quickly he wins. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then... Um, and then on the uh, 26th, no card at the Gunma Green Dome Maibashi, but you've got a bunch of uh, outsiders. You've got Naoi Nomura, Kotaro Suzuki, Yutaka Yoshie, Mazada. <laughs> seen him in a while. Andy Wu, Ryuji Sai, Boo. Why? Kumadoi. I thought we were thought done we were with him. Well, yeah, but I think this is a one-off. Because uh, oh, this is probably also a sold show. Um Ryujisai, Kumadoi, and Fuma. So that is it. Um, I would say overall, Paul, I thought these shows as were a little lackluster from the match quality standpoint, apart from the junior yeah. title match and the Triple Crown and the Nomura versus Honda. Yeah, I don't think there was really anything that you need to go out of your way to watch as well. Like, I like the Triple Crown, but like, I don't think it's like 
it's like appointment viewing like you need to go and watch this yeah i guess it will come down to whose opinion do you trust more minor pulse <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically so the choice is up to you it it depends it depends like i mean if you like your to, wrestling opinions like generally align with kicking more the shit out of people you probably should watch it i would say yeah um but if you're you know not like really into takuya nomura i would say i guess you probably could skip it then that's probably the easiest way to go yeah um yeah i do like mostly what they've been setting up and who they've been using. yeah there's some there's some weird triple crown but the triple crown i don't know that's my biggest black uh red flag right now yeah like i don't know really what the plan here is or if they even have a plan yeah yeah for sure uh well they should because you should have a uh, you should definitely have a plan for your top championship you should yeah yeah, but you know, there's always the difference between shut and yeah, especially with this company. So, Paul, any final <laughs> thoughts about anything about related to all? Oh, I forgot to say, Yuma Aoyagi won the uh, Shuffle Tag Team Tournament on New Year's Eve, teaming with Yuki Ueno and Daichi Hashimoto. So that's a nice little accomplishment yeah. for him. I haven't watched that show yet, though. No, me neither, me neither. But that sounds really fun. Like I probably should go and at least watch the finals, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so. Uh, any final thoughts on No or All Japan? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Like, I think we're going to know a lot more about Noah's, like, future. Like, like right now it looks really good, I would say. But I feel like we're going to know a lot more when we actually know what the card is for the Muta show and the New Japan show. Yeah. So right now I think Noah should definitely feel very good of what they've done mm-hmm. at, the, uh, at the Budokan show. And it's just going to be... We'll see if this is sustainable. Well, we'll see if uh, New I'm Japan saying, yeah. geek them out. Yeah. Because it's just such strange timing. You have this momentum, but then you're going to deal with New Japan who drive a hard bargain. Yeah. You know? So. And then immediately after you have, and and the fact that we still don't have any match for the Muda show at all. Yeah. Uh, So that's that. All right. Yeah. I don't have any final thoughts. I'm generally cautiously optimistic about the direction of both companies with the sort of caveats that we covered. So and we did it in this an hour in an hour and a half, which uh, is sort of surprising. Oh damn! Yeah, wow. I was expecting like a long uh, thing, but really, I mean, I think Wrestle Kingdom, because of how successful and, and good it was, sort of sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah, <laughs> and Jake, goddamn. Well, Jake, yeah, well, because I wanted to sit here and talk about, like, oh my god, did you see when Jake jumped Tetsuya Naito and formed that new faction? <laughs> no, no, he comes out and does a weird angle with Jack oh Morris. Oh my god, and how, yeah. Not making another video. I I wish I had the confidence of Jake Lee because he leaves all Japan, has a contract offer on the table, but no, he's like, no, I still clearly want to end up in New Japan. Even though there's yeah, now zero I, evidence that. New Japan want him. They've ever been interested. Maybe Hiroshi Tanahashi but there's no evidence that the office does. <laughs> love that Tsubama was just shooting and like Tijiri told Jake Lee to go to New Japan. But also in hindsight... Yeah, maybe, t- maybe Tsubama's that, that, no, no, Yes, because you know what he said? He said Tijiri told Jake Lee to go to New Japan, not Yuji Nagata, who was also in a promotion at the same time, told Jake Lee to go to <laughs> who, New Japan. Who's, who's you know, the guy that also, runs that dojo. Also whispering things in Yuma Anzai's ears. Yes, exactly. So I don't know if I'm Jake and like the, the guy that runs the dojo is there and he doesn't tell me to go to New Japan, but this other dude who doesn't have any connection to the promotion tells me to do it. 
who should I believe? Exactly, exactly. Such an idiot. Yeah, and well, also not signing a Noah contract, given that one probably exists for him, is also a dumb idea. Yeah. Because there's only... Yeah. It's, it'll be so funny if he's back in all Japan by like two. There is only so much that they're going to... Well, I don't know. Unless you're a 50-year-old shooter, there's only so much that Noah's going to do with you if you don't have a contract with them. I mean, he, hey, he is a shooter. He had an MMA okay, career. It was very brief. It's better than Kendo Kashin's MMA career. Kendo Kashin had a big win. Yeah, he had a big win. But it's... I, I, also, could have, I also could have won that fight. <laughs> but... Um, I think, yeah, he should, he should just sign the contract and, and just see what happens because yeah. he's not yeah. getting into New Japan. Now, I, he probably thinks he can somehow reinvent himself in Noah and then New Japan will come calling. Yeah, well, he certainly didn't no, do he didn't. that for his exactly. debut. So oh, I, feel, I have a feeling like we're going to be having more of these Jake bitch sessions very soon. Uh, and I really thought we were done with it, but no, I think it's only going to get worse. Well, people were dunking on us in the Voice of Wrestling Discord because Jake showed up in Noah and we're like, oh, you're going to have to deal with him some more. He, I'm also going to blatantly steal this, but he's really the Jeb Bush of West. Yes. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> Please clap. Uh, they didn't. No. Well, they, a very polite smattering of claps. Uh, but that was about it. So, all right. So we'll be back in... I think we'll come back after... Yeah, we should come back after the um, final Muda show because then we'll have a lot to talk mm -hmm. about. Um, we'll have some, yeah. and we'll be able to talk about Jake Lee. And as much as we dunk on Jake, I am genuinely looking forward to Jake Lee versus Yoshiki Inamura. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I like all memes aside. I do look forward to that match. It's just I'm, I would in no way, shape, or form put any money betting money on that match because yeah, I, I'm going to no. do it. I'm feeling I'm feeling lucky, Paul. Um, <laughs> I mean, good yeah. luck. Good luck. So, all right. So for Paul Vosh, I'm Gerard Detroit, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Hola, hola, my name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, Go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.